Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the School for School Counselors podcast. I am so glad that you're here with me. I love sitting down and recording these episodes each and every week. And I hope that you're finding some value. I hope you're finding some support and feeling like you're not alone in the things that you're tackling in your work, because I'm here to tell you, you most definitely are not. This is a podcast where I call it like I see it, because I believe that in truth, we can connect and unify to make school counseling more enjoyable and produce better outcomes for students. And I'm so glad that you've joined me. We just received a really cool review on Apple Podcasts from NYAN90. They said, so uplifting. The first episode I listened to made me cry. It was like someone was finally putting my thoughts and feelings about my career into words and validating it for me. School counseling can be such a lonely field, and I highly recommend this podcast for all school counselors to help them realize they are not alone. Thank you so much for that review. From the bottom of my heart, I'm so grateful to hear how this podcast has impacted you and hopefully our other listeners as well. So listen up. If you haven't had the opportunity yet, right now is a great chance. Do me two solids. Number one, go and give a rating to this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And second, go into Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. That's how people find out about us. That's how people get to see what we're putting out each week. And we would be so incredibly grateful for your help. This week, we're talking about a situation that is all too familiar to most of you, and that is serving a large caseload. Now, depending on who you're talking to, a large caseload could be identified by any number of different statistics, but we know our national model is oriented toward one counselor for every 250 students. Now, raise your hand if you are currently serving a 1 to 250 caseload. (laughs) I'm laughing as I say that because you folks are few and far between, and I'm so glad for you, but sadly, that is not the norm in our field. In our field, the average school counselor to student ratio is much higher, and it often feels overwhelming to be serving so many students and so many needs, especially in this post-COVID era, right? We're seeing unprecedented mental health needs in our schools. When we start thinking about the numbers of students that we're called to serve each day, when we're in the weeds, in the muck, grinding things out day to day, looking at our stats and trying to identify constantly where can we get better, where can we improve outcomes for students, it gets really disheartening sometimes to look at the numbers that we are assigned to serve. So I want to talk a little bit about how do you serve a large caseload without losing yourself in the process, right? Because sometimes we can just get so overwhelmed or we get in this 
frame of mind where we feel like, I'm just going to make it happen. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I will work myself to death if it means I can meet the needs of all these students. And that is equally unhealthy. So let's talk about some things we can do as we're serving large caseloads. Number one is a dream killer. (laughs) So sorry, but sometimes the truth hurts. The first thing that I'm going to recommend is letting go of your dreams of a comprehensive school counseling program. (laughs) Just, Just let them go. Watch them float away into space, never to return. Not saying that you'll never run a comprehensive school program, but just for your frame of mind, just for your peace and your sanity, let go of it. Unfortunately, we are not the people who make decisions regarding staffing, regarding funding, regarding salaries, and all of those things that make schools run. We are typically not in a position to call those shots. Now, we can influence them, right? And we have lots of episodes of this podcast focusing on advocacy. So go search our podcast for advocacy if you want to dig a little bit deeper into that. But we generally recommend two to three years in before you really start going with hardcore advocacy. The reason is you need time to build relationships, You need time to have the right data. Your data has to show consistency for effective advocacy. It's not as easy as just walking in, you know, your first or second day on the job, waving a piece of paper around saying, Aska says this is not appropriate. That kind of advocacy never works. So anyway, let go of your comprehensive dreams and know that the Aska national model was not built for you. At least it wasn't built for you under these circumstances, right? That national model is based on a best case, perfect world scenario. And when you're serving a caseload of 500, 600, 700 kids, that is most certainly not your reality. You cannot and should not try to do it all. You are going to put yourself at risk of compassion fatigue, of burnout, personal health concerns, mental health concerns. It's just not worth it. And really, you're going to be providing a decreased level of care to your students if you're constantly trying to check all of these boxes. The trick is finding where you can have the most impact, finding where you do your most work, and continuing to do your best work, but also giving yourself grace If you don't get to everything. Secondly, when you're serving a ginormous caseload and or if you have a lot of duties that we would prefer not to have in the school counseling realm, time blocking is going to be your friend. Do you time block? Time blocking to me just means pre-arranging my week. I have to remember and understand that my time blocking plan almost never works out the way that I plan it, um, which sounds really silly, um, but I'm okay with that. I stay realistic. But the beauty of this method is having these blocks of time to do certain tasks and knowing that I can move them around. Almost like one of those little tile games. Have you ever played those where you move the little tiles around and you know you try to get the numbers in order? It feels a little bit like that. 
I identify my most pressing needs for the week. I kind of prioritize those. And then I try to block things out. So I'm blocking sections of my day to see individual students. I'm blocking sections of my day for transcript reviews. I'm blocking sections of my day for some classroom lessons, perhaps, or consultation with other counselors. Maybe I'm blocking time for parent phone calls. Just sort of all of those different categories of things that you do in your day. I block out time for that, but here is the catch. I don't block out the amount of time that I think it's going to take to actually do it. Because nine times out of 10, my guesstimate is totally wrong. And I find even if I've been doing that certain kind of activity for a long, long time, it never fails. Something shows up to sort of <laughs> throw the train off the tracks a little bit, undermine my attention. Something happens and it never goes according to plan. So I block two times the amount of time that I think the task is actually going to take. If I get done before my time block is up, wahoo, that's amazing. Now I can go get to that to-do list and all of the things I didn't time block, but I would really like to get to. It's just an extra pocket of time for me. Or maybe I slide another block up into its place. It's no big deal. The beauty of it is I have things ready to go. I know exactly what I need to be working on. I also build in white space for emergencies. And again, I can shift my blocks around if I need to. Um, I'm adding blocks for reactive tasks. So I'm going to keep 15, 20 minutes of my day open for immediate student assistance. Now that block is going to slide around here and there, but I know that time block is there. I'm also going to leave some white space in my time blocked schedule. So I have some time to sort of gather my thoughts a little bit as I'm switching gears from one thing to the other, because we know that switching gears requires our brain to take a little bit of time, right, to reset. And also, I need some mini breaks scheduled into my time. Some of you guys are laughing at me right now, and you're thinking, <laughs> mini breaks, right? Yeah, like, when do I have time to take a break? But I'm telling you, if you don't intentionally schedule this time, what will end up happening is those breaks will catch up with you and they'll catch up with you in the form of illness or something like that that forces you to take the time off all in one big shebang and that is not where you want to be. There are some other tricks to time blocking, but I think I've kind of gotten the point across here. As I'm time blocking my time, I know exactly how much of my day I can allocate to certain priorities. And for me, that's very comforting. If I try to get to every single student on my counseling list every single day, I'm going to feel completely overwhelmed. And so for me, blocking that time out and knowing, all right, I've got two hours this afternoon that I can get some kids through makes me feel a lot better. And last, and I touched on this earlier, make sure you're keeping your use of time data. It is essential, especially when working with a large caseload. And by large caseload, I'm talking about anything 500 and up. 
So if you think about it this way, per the ask a recommendation, one to 250, if you're serving a caseload of 500 students, you're doing the work of two people. If you are serving anywhere between 501 to 750 students, you're doing the work of three people every day. And if you're serving one to 760 plus, you're doing the work of four or more people every single day. Wow. Think about that. That is truly mind-blowing. So as we're talking about doing the work of all these people, we've got to make sure we're keeping this use of time data. We're showing where our time goes so we can advocate to be able to focus on the, the areas in our school that need the most attention, right? To ensure that our Goings-on each day are focused on students, on student outcomes, and not on some of the other silly stuff that school administrators love to assign to you. Keep that use of time data. Be ready to make an effective argument when the opportunity presents itself, because the last thing that you want to have happen is find yourself in an opportunity to advocate without your information at the ready. I can't tell you how many school counselors I've talked to that have been in that exact situation, and they felt like they lost so much ground because they just weren't ready to speak to the situation. All right, so serving a large caseload. Your action plan for this week, number one, let go of your comprehensive dreams. You can get there eventually on this campus or another one. But for now, for your sanity, for your own well-being, and for your health, let go. Number two, learn how to time block so that you can use your time effectively and you can orient it toward your priorities while still building in some blank space for your peace of mind. And number three, make sure you're using that use of time data so that you're ready to make an advocacy effort if and when the opportunity arises. And we talk about all three of these things in our School for School Counselors Mastermind. If you feel like nobody gets what it's like to be a school counselor for 800 students, you need to come talk to us. We've got some folks in there that are doing exactly that. We also have school counselors that are working in very unusual areas of school counseling, specialized schools, small student caseloads, private schools. Y'all, we run the gamut of all kinds of school counseling situations. And so I'll bet you we've got somebody in there that can empathize and sympathize with your situation. So if you're looking for a little bit of extra support, if you're looking for some more ideas about how to navigate your programming, more about time blocking or keeping your use of time data, come check out the School for School Counselors Mastermind because we built it just for you. You can get more information at schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash mastermind. And we would love to see you there. Also remember, if you are not a member of our Facebook group, uh, jump in there. We've got a lot of good conversations going on. School for School Counselors. Put podcast in your join request somewhere. We'll know to get you in there super fast. We would love to add your voice to the beautiful symphony of school counselors who are very constructively and positively 
discussing school counseling issues of interest. It's an amazing community, unlike any that you've ever been in anywhere else. And I promise you, you're going to enjoy every second that you're there. All right. Well, that's all I have for you this week. I will tell you, you might want to go hit that subscribe button because we do have a surprise coming up for you next week. You want to be all ears for that. If you want to be one of the first ones to know what it is, and it's kind of a big one, make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to go leave us that review and that rating. We would appreciate it so, so much. And until we talk next time, I hope you have the best week. Take care. And a little PS statement I wanted to add at the end here, just in case my words get misconstrued a little bit, or people get the wrong impression. I am not anti-ASCA national model. In fact, I think it is a pretty beautiful model of what school counselors are entrusted to do on campuses. I have no problem with the model itself. The problem that I have is that we are being so strongly encouraged to implement this model without any support. And so we just need to be very real about that. We need to not be beating the dead horse telling you over and over, you know, have you reached comprehensive status yet? Are you running according to the national model? The national model says you should be doing this. And the national model says you should be doing that. And you're standing there saying, listen, I'm just trying to keep my head above water right? I'm just trying to keep the wheels from falling off. I don't have time for this other stuff. If that describes you, I want you to know that is not your shortfall. That is not your failure. You just don't have the support to implement the national model. We're going to help you get there, but it's going to take a little bit of work and time. So I'm so glad you're on this journey with us, and I hope that your week surpasses all your expectations. Join me back next week for the School for School Counselors podcast.